0: Dr. Warren E. Meeks, Sr. presents this inspirational, challenging, and life-changing message to encourage, inspire, and motivate you to keep marching towards your destiny. Now, Dr. Warren E. Meeks, Sr. Amen. Now, we know on this past Sunday, pastors started a new series for us. Amen. We have been covering on the covenant, but he started a new series called A Call to Godly Living. Amen. I know many of you are very blessed because of that message. And we just thank God because we must be blessed when we are called to godly living. When we live the way God wants us to live, we definitely will be blessed. Amen? Amen. So we're going to turn our Bibles to our foundational scripture, which comes from the book of Romans, the 12th chapter. Famous scripture. We all know it pretty much by heart, but do we really apply it to our life? Is the question. And reading from the Amplified Version it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decision. A dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, concentrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is only your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to us, to its eternal sacrificial customs, but be transformed, be changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Amen. So we know that God would like us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. The word says, and that's only our reasonable service. And you wonder, well, how can I present my body as a living sacrifice? We know that, that Jesus came down and he gave his body for us. He was a living sacrifice for us. So how much more and what else can we do to be a living sacrifice for him? And that is to live right. To live right. God wants us to live right and show the world that, yes, we are Christians, we are godly Christians. My question for you tonight, are you a godly Christian, or are you a worldly Christian? And we have to think about that, and we think, well, what is actually the difference? We are all in this world, so, you know, how can I be a worldly Christian? Because I am in the world, so why not? But a worldly Christian is a person that has accepted the Lord as their Savior, but not doing the things that the Word of God tells them to do. So we have to examine the Word on a daily basis. We have to meditate on God's Word to making sure that we are doing all that the Word of God says. If you don't know what the Word of God says, then you're going to uh, fall, you're going to slip, You're going to go areas that you shouldn't go and thinking it's okay. But we have to stay in the word. We have to stay in church so that we all can know what we need to do as being godly Christians in this life. We live in this world. We know we live in this world, but we are not really a part of this world. We are traveling through this world. We are here to pray. We're like the salt of the earth. Amen? Amen. That we can be a blessing where there needs to be a blessing. You have to realize who you are in Christ Jesus, You're ambassadors of God. Amen. Amen. And then we are here to help. And if it wasn't for the Christians and the prayers on a daily basis, then we would see chaos in this world. Amen. But it's because of our prayers that things are going as well as they are. People think, well, you know, all the tragedies that happen here and there, where's God? God is here because we're here and we're praying for the, the people of this earth. We're praying for them to be blessed on every area of their life. Praying for your families and your children. Our next scripture, we're going to turn to 2 Corinthians 6 chapter. You can turn to that with me. As we learn how to surrender and giving our all, all our rights up to be the godly Christian that God would have us to be. We have to give up our rights. And, you know, this is the time in the age that everyone says th- it's the rights. You know, it started years ago. Um, the women have their rights. They have their agendas. You know, every nationality has their rights. and so the ch- And now the children have their rights. So everyone has their rights. But well, we have to give up our rights as Christians to serve God. And when I say give up our rights, that means we're going to give up the things of the world and the things that our flesh wants to do. It talks about our body being a total sacrifice unto the Lord. That means we're sacrificing what we want to do. That body is talking about the flesh, the body, the soul, and the spirit. we talk about the flesh, we're talking about the five senses. What you see, we're sacrificing not to watch the things that we should not watch. Being careful of what we see. Being careful of what we touch. Because you can touch the ungodly things. You can touch things that's going to take you into sin. So that's the body, the flesh, what we see, what we hear. What are we listening to? What do we taste? Those five sins, what are we tasting? The alcohol, the drugs, the different things that we should not taste. But God says, taste of me. So we have to taste of God. We have to taste of his word. When you taste of God, glory to God, then you're going to have fulfillment in your life. See, we're looking for fulfillment in all areas of life. Money, we're looking for the fulfillment there. We have, there's many people that have millions and millions of dollars, and they're not fulfilled. They're looking for fulfillment in drugs and alcohol, fulfillment of just hanging on the street corners, just a fulfillment of selling drugs, saying, I'm a drug dealer, just the fulfillment of going in the stores and stealing on a daily basis. Just, it gives them a high because the devil gives that flesh a high. So we have to be careful of what we taste, what we touch, what we see. Pornography, that's a thing that, you know, they said be surprised at um, the Christians that had the convention. And they said that's when all the pornography was on the on the um, the TV. So you know we have to be careful. We think what we do in the dark does not come to the light. But the Word of God says whatever you do in the dark, it's going to come to the light. You might not have gotten caught last year. You went over and over and you had a lot of fun and nobody knew about it. But guess what? God will bring it to the light. So whatever you do, be careful because God will bring it to the light. Let's turn to Second Corinthians the sixth chapter. 16 through 18. In what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now this scripture right here, before we go on to the next, it says that as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in in them, when we examine that scripture, you want to know, okay, now what is he actually saying there he 's going to dwell in us, walk in us well, we know he does dwell in us with the holy Spirit that 's God is dwelling in us and I just looked up um, on walk and walk I mean simple, a simple word which we do every day we walk every day, but do we really know what walk means? And the Webster Dictionary says it's a manner of living. It's a manner of living. It's our conduct, our behavior, our social or economic stature. To perform or accomplish by walking. To follow a course of action or a way of life. For us to walk humbly in the sight of God. Now this is from Webster's Dictionary. For us to walk humbly in the sight of God. You know, with our rights going on, sometimes we don't get be as humble as we should be. And we think because of our rights, and I'm a Christian, and I don't have to humble myself. But we have to humble ourselves because Jesus humbled Himself for you. He humbled for us. So we have to be able to humble ourselves. And that's a part of walking and being the godly Christian that we need to be. So we find that. God walks in us. So it's important that we humble ourselves to let him have control, Look, to let that Holy Spirit take control of our, our feelings and what we're doing. And it's not going to tie your arms down and keep you from doing things, but it's that soft voice that's telling you this is what you should do. This is what you should not do. And whether we follow that voice or not, if we follow it, we mean, that means we're going to humble ourselves. That means we're going to, to give up our own rights, what we want to do. When somebody comes to cuss us out, tell us off, or, you know, all kinds of things that happen, we have to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves. We don't want to do that. If they cuss me out, i got to cuss them out. No, you don't. We've got to let Jesus take care of that for us. And verse 17 says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate. That means come out from your worldly friends, your worldly family even, whatever's pulling you down, whatever's holding you back, whatever's keeping you from being the godly person that God wants you to be. Whatever is hindering you, come from among them. Separate yourselves, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Touch not the unclean thing. We talked about many things that are unclean. There's so many things that are unclean. And we have to be so careful because the devil tries to sneak in on the Christians and think, making them think some things are okay. And it's not okay. We have to get into our word and we have to pray. Maybe you didn't find it in the word. But if you pray, if you pray and stay before God, he's going to reveal it to you. Something you're doing is not the right to do. I, I didn't see it in the word. No, you didn't see it. But if you keep reading the word, you'll find what God would have you to find. So the God says, "He." God says He will receive us to his self. God wants to dwell in us in us, walk in us, dwell in us on a daily basis. And that's where our problem comes in because when we leave church and we start to get into other things and with our friends or on our job, maybe they don't know that you're saved on your job. They probably don't know. So, you know, they're saying all kinds of things and, and you kind of get in, right in with them with that. But you've got to separate yourselves, as we read in the word, separate yourselves from those unclean people that are doing things they're not saved. Show them that there is a difference. Maybe you can pull them in, and they can be saved because of you. And that's where our light has to shine. That's what God wants from us, to pull others in. We're not just to keep all this good, good word, all this good blessings, all the healing, everything to ourselves. We're supposed to help pull people in, to let them be blessed. That's why God has us here, to bless others. All the blessings are not for you. I know you didn't know that, but they're not all for you. 2 Corinthians, the 14th, 14th chapter. Oops, oops, made a boo-boo. 2 Corinthians, 5th chapter, sorry. And the 14th verse. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that we which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, But unto him which died for them and rose again. We know that's Jesus. He died for us and rose again, that we might have life and have it everlasting. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yes, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ... He is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. I know that before you were saved, you did some different things that you don't do anymore. If you're not careful, not praying, guess what? Those things try to sneak back in. Satan tries to bring them back in. So we have to be careful because old things should be passed away. And all things, it didn't say some. It says all things. All things become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not in putting their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the the word of reconciliation. So we find that Christ reconciled the world to him. Amen. When he died, he reconciled the world to him. And as I looked up the reconcile, it says, to cause, reconcile, to cause, to be friendly and harmonious again. Again. Reconciliation to adjust, settle differences, to bring to submission or acceptance, to conform, to accommodate, to harmonize, and to coordinate. So at this scripture, it says that Jesus Christ hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That's our ministry that you might not have realized you're supposed to reconcile people back to Christ. You're supposed to reconcile with people that you don't like, that you had a problem with. He said that's our ministry, the ministry of us. The ministry of reconciliation. So that's an everyday thing. That's not something that you do, you know, every now and then or when um, New Year's comes. You know, we try to make some new vows and, okay, I got a couple things straight and then we move on. But it's a ministry of a daily, on a daily basis. So we have to examine ourselves to find out, okay, where do I have a problem or do I have a problem with anyone? Am I holding some problems, some hindrances that are holding me back not to be the person that God would have me to be? I need to be all that God wants me to be. And if this is my ministry, I didn't know that this was supposed to be my ministry as being a Christian, as being the godly woman or godly man. I didn't know that that was it, but the word of God says that's our ministry. And and it's no more than, than Christ did for us. He reconciled the world to us, and he's saying that now that's our ministry because we can do things even greater than he did. Amen? So we have to reconcile all problems, situations, and bringing people together, bringing the church together, bringing people on your job, wherever you are. That's your ministry. That's your ministry, wherever you are. If You're on your job and somebody comes and they complain that person, they said this. Did you hear what they said? You were supposed to have a good word, a good word, a godly word to give to them, to help them. And you know what? That helps to put the fire out. When you give them a godly word, that helps to put that fire out. So it's important. And, and of course, I'm saying it on your job because people do come and they complain all the time about different things on the job. But let's bring that into the church. Let's bring it right here into the church, you know, and to say, okay, um, did you hear what they said? Do you know what they made me do? They's trying to do this, that, and the other. Well, you give them a godly word. Don't just grab hold. Your flesh wants to grab hold to something negative. Stop speaking the negative and speak what God is going to do in the lives. Amen? Let's stop speaking what the devil is trying to tear up and to do. But remember that we have a ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. My time is moving on, so I think I better move on, too. Uh, Let's turn to Ephesians 5 and 15. It says, see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, walking circumspectly, circumspectly means to walk carefully, to consider all circumstances and consequences. So before you take a step, before you do something, you consider the outcome of that. You don't do it before you consider the outcome of it. You say, well, you know what? I'm going next door to tell my neighbor off because I told him not to park in my driveway. Well, walking circumspectly means, okay, if I go tell that person, then we go, she's going to have a fit, this is going to happen, such and such, and it's going to be a problem. So you think, well, let me see what else do I need to do. Can I be kind and say, you know what, I really would like if you would just park such and such or whatever. Be careful of, of your words and how you do things, what you say. The, the Bible tells us to walk circumspectly, to be careful, consider all circumstances, consequences before they happen. It also means prudent. Prudence is shrewd in the management of practical affairs. In other words, smart Smart in the management of practical affairs. Cautious, discreet, foresighted, and sensible. Foresight is because you're going to think about what is going to happen if I do this. What's going to happen if I do that? So let's learn to walk circumspectly. Amen? Then we'll be blessed. Amen. Now, in our our lessons, we have been talking about covenant. We've been, you know, really preaching on covenant, and I hope that everyone's got a good understanding of covenant. Let's go back to Genesis um, 12. I believe that was our foundational scripture. Uh, 1 and 2 says now the lord had said unto abram get thee out of the country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house now he was telling him that and then we've talked about that tonight to be that godly person you've got to get from around people that are not going to be a blessing to you his family was people that served idols so god was getting him out of there now it doesn't say in the bible but god could have spoke to many of the people in that country Abraham, Abram heard the voice. It's important that you listen to the voice of the Lord. Stay in your word. Listen to the voice. God is a just God. He's just not going to tell one person to be blessed and not tell the others. So he had talked to Abraham and he said, get, get out of here. He says, and then he says, and I will make thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and I will make thy name great and thou shall be a blessing. So we have to realize in that there is a covenant also of favor. God has given, there's so many things right in those little scriptures. There's favor right there. There's for you to realize the next person, you see your neighbor being blessed. God is blessing, he's trying to bless you too. But we got to be godly people We've got to walk godly We've got to listen to the voice We've got to stay in the word We've got to know that God wants to bless me Don't look at the next person and say Well how come they always getting this And how come they're always getting that Lord And the Lord just forgot about me No he didn't He talked to more than just Abram He talked to more than them. But Abram heard the voice And he got out of there So important that we listen to the voice of the Lord, because He's there to talk to us on a daily basis. And as you read His Word, you're going to start to hear His voice. Some might say, I never heard the voice of the Lord. I don't hear, He don't talk to me. He will talk to you if you pray, get into a quiet place, read your Word. You read your Word and you just sit quiet, and you will hear the voice of the Lord. You he will hear the voice of the Lord. Let's turn to um, Isaiah. 60 Glory to God I had another scripture but I do not know where it is Now in Leviticus of course it tells us He says be holy for I am holy He wouldn't ask any more of you than of himself Hallelujah In Isaiah in the 60th chapter Number 1 first one. It says, Arise, shine, for the light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. So Now, we just stop right there for a second. It says, Arise, shine. God wants you to get into a new position. You know what? He says, Arise and shine. You, for those people that are laying down, sitting down, bent down, thinking, how come poor me I'm not never going nowhere. I am tired of this. He's saying, arise and shine. When you start to rise, ooh, glory, God is going to shine on you. You start to step out on him, start speaking his word, he's going to shine on you. He already has given his covenant to you. He already has a covenant of favor, of blessings. If one, somebody blesses, blesses you, he's going to bless them. If you bless somebody, guess what? He's going to bless you. He wants us to be godly people, loving people, walking circumspectly. Glory to God. And then it goes on to say, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. We've seen that so many times with different things that happen. Now this phantom in the land, you know, and they're saying, you know, there's no money. Then they're complaining about the president. He's spending too much. And, oh, my, you know, the government must have had a whole lot of money. They were always pleading acting like they didn't have nothing, continue to raise taxes, but he's in there spending, spending, and spending. But they say there's phantom in the land. But if you arise, get up from your sitting position or your laying position or you're bent over and every thinking everything's not going to work for you, God's going to start to shine on you. He's going to bless you. He says, The Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. This is who we are. We're people of God. He wants to dis- put you on display. He wants to shine his light on you. He wants to shine his light on you. You've got to realize that. He wants to give you some I mean, you know what, I, I look at, you know, different products on TV, and you think, well, they, the new and improved, the new and improved this and that. You think, okay, well, how much more can they improve it? Next year they've improved it some more. So guess what, even in our home... It can be new and improved. We can improve something even in our home. Let me see what I can do. I can change it around. I might not have much money right now, but it's coming in the name of Jesus. But I can change this around and I can, you know, buy a little something, for little $5, $10. They're always showing you in the magazines what you can do with a little, little bit of nothing to make your house look so nice. God's ready to shine on you. And then your, your friends come over and say, well, how did you do that? I know you're not working. You don't have no money. How'd you do that? Because God is shining on you and He wants to make an example of you to let other people know it doesn't matter. I'm not working. There's a phantom going on. But guess what? The Lord has given me ideas of what to do. And if you read and study that word, before you know it, He's going to give you an innovative idea. Glory to God that money is coming from every direction. And they'll say, Well, how'd she do that? How'd He do that? Glory to God. So I'm just excited about God and what he's doing. I thank God for shining on this church. And then when, when the scripture talked about with with Abram and God spoke to him, then I started to think about Pastor Meeks and he talked about his family. You know, and he came from among them. He came from among them. God says come from among them. He didn't only speak to him. He spoke to others. In his family, but he was the one that stepped out, and because he stepped out, he brought others with him. Then, uh, then of course, if we read on in Genesis, we see that he brought Lot with him. Okay, well, Lot they had a problem and they had to separate. God took him one direction, and Lot went another. But they both were being blessed because Lot was there with Abram, and God said He would bless him. Pastor Meeks came out from among his family, and God has blessed him. And guess what? We are the family now, and God will bless you just like he blessed him. He wants to shine on you just like he shined on him. He wants to enlarge your territory just like he enlarged his territory. So we, there's no little little me's and big me's and little eyes and big eyes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're all the same. And God wants to shine on you and make you a display. Display on your job He wants to display you on your job Because on your job You know there's no money They're not hiring anymore They're not promoting anybody But guess what They're going to promote you They'll promote you Glory to God So we know that no matter What it looks like If we speak the word Hallelujah If you speak the word God is going to shine on you No matter what it looks like Hallelujah We don't have to worry about No money in the bank because all of a sudden, you get a letter, or you go to the bank account, and there's tons of money in the bank. God said he's going to transfer the money from the wicked to the righteous. I'm looking for my money right now. Hallelujah. I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm going to continue to bless the Lord. No matter what's going on, you bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And all that's within me, I'm going to bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Because he's great. He's great God. Hallelujah. I love the Lord today. Because he, he heard my cry. He blessed my children when they were sick and they were in accidents and all kinds of things. that could have been dead. But guess what? God blessed my children. I give God all the praise and the honor. He's a mighty God. He's a glorious God. Where would I be if it was not for the Lord on my side? In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Thank you for supporting the media ministry of Newborn Fellowship Christian Center. One church in two locations, with senior pastor, Dr. Warren E. Meeks, Sr., and Pastor Perdita Meeks. Dr. Meeks would love for you to visit and fellowship when you are in the Rochester, New York area. For service times or to order other inspiring messages or books, please write to P.O. Box 1109, Webster, New York, 14580 or call our office at 585-342-5020 or visit us online at www.newbornfellowship.org.